With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Western and Southern Financial Group. Put our financial strength behind you. Visit westernsouthern.com. Hey, 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 welcome into another edition of the Jim Day Podcast. However you're checking us out, thank you for the click. And please spread the word, subscribe, rate, review, all that jazz. We've got royalty here today because <laughs> the name Sabo in Red's country is huge. And none other than Annie Sabo daughter of Chris Sabo, the three-time All-Star, the World Series champion, Spuds, legend, all of that. And now Annie Sabo, I can call colleague. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I don't know if Sabo equals royalty, but you know, I'll take it. And Red's country, Sabo is royalty. <laughs> there are certain names that you just, you could say Spuds, you could yeah. say Sabo, and I know exactly what you're talking about, Red's fan, so... It's yeah, it, it's been nice having the name recognition a little bit here and there. Uh, I've been called Spuds a couple times. Have you Even, really? I actually have. That was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah, I've been called Spuds a couple times. That is not, in fact, my nickname. Although growing up, people did call me Sabo all growing up. No one ever called me Annie. Really? If someone calls me Annie, I'm not close friends with them. Really? So yes. it's just Sabo? Yeah. All right, Sabo. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> no problem. Sabo. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> they call you uh, maybe Spudzette. How about Spudzette? I think that sounds Oops. a little bit better. I feel like Spuds may be a bit too masculine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> little Spuds. <laughs> little Spud. Maybe, maybe yeah. that. There we go. <laughs> now, we're fresh on the heels of uh, you put your dad's goggles on on Red's Live, which... What, they pulled out of the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, right? They did. See, My now you are royalty because they're not going to just pull those out for anyone. Like, if I went in there and said, hey, can I put on the Chris Sable goggles? They're going to say, Jim Day, get out of here. No. no, I beg to differ. You are also royalty in no. Cincinnati. No, but, no, uh, no, no. yeah, they pulled them from the Reds Hall of Fame. My mom, I believe, donated those quite a few years ago from our, from our house in Cincinnati. I made a bet on a podcast, said if the Reds won five games, I would don the rec spec. So I did just that on the air. Apparently, it went over well. I didn't realize how much or how big of a deal it was going to be. But lo and behold, it was a big deal. I did it on the air. My dad sent me a text post game and said, they looked good. So all is well in the Sabo nice. household. <laughs> I believe those were the second generation goggles because I believe the first ones when he came up, I actually wore a pair of those when I was playing football. They're a little slightly different. Those were a little bigger. 
Uh-huh. I'm such a nerd that I remember these things. I don't know how I remember these things, but it happens. I don't think I could play in those, though. I mean, growing up, I played tennis, and I could always wear a hat, but the glasses, I can't play anything, and sunglasses don't like the feel of them, but hey, I mean, I guess my dad did it with flying colors, so yes, that's he off did. to him. And we're going to talk about what's it like being the daughter of Chris Sabo, which it has to be unique. We're going to get to that, but want to cover you know you first, obviously. Um, making your way to you grew up in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. correct? So yep. a lot of people may not know. Like, okay, where'd she grow up? Is it Cincinnati? Montgomery, right off of Zigzag uh, Road, Stone Meadow Lane? That's where we grew up. Very nice. Yep. So Cincinnati's in your blood; it's in your heart. Mm-hmm. But you are in uh, Tampa now, right? I Is am. Right? Yep, moved My to Tampa. My old stomping grounds. I, I know to, we have we have so much in common. I used Jim to work. We do. I used to work <laughs> in Tampa in the nineties. Were you even born then? Yes. I was born a 92 kid. Wasn't born 90, but I relive the memories every so often. Gotcha. And you are, your husband's a golfer, right? Yep. So he is a golfer playing right now in the St. Louis area, believe it or not, as the Reds are going to play the Cardinals shortly here. But yeah, he's a golfer, uh, not good at baseball by any means, but his last name, get this, is Roy which stands for Rookie of the Year. Yes, My mother told me that a couple of weeks ago. So, Wow. It all I... works out. <laughs> a life come full circle moment. So are you Annie Sable on the air? or yes. you, and, you, and off the air, are you Annie Roy? Are you Annie Sable Roy? I have two last names, there Sable Roy. Sable Roy, there yep, you go. Yep. I've never understood the thing where um, you have to change your last name when you get married. I'm always like, well, she, should, she should keep her identity. Whatever that is. I call Annie Roy, though, my alter ego. That's not my real identity because I feel like I've been Annie Sabo for so, so long. I was invited to a wedding and uh, I was asked, uh, what should we put on your name card? And I was like, just put Annie Roy to make it easier for you. But yes, I mean, everyone calls me Annie Sabo. I mean, my husband, when they ask me my last name, he always says Sabo. So he doesn't really care. It's just (laughs) who I am on the air versus off the air. Two completely different characters. Well, am I allowed to call you Sabo? You said only people oh, yeah. that know you well. Right. So we're just getting to know each other. So am I allowed to call you oh, Sabo? Yeah. All right, Sabo. Any coworkers can call me Sabo, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, how's this Reds Live thing going? You've got to work with the cantankerous Sam LeCure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love you, Sam. He's been on this podcast a few times. I, I listened to that one, believe it or not. No, but I mean, Reds Live is going great. I came from Minnesota covering the Twins for two years yeah. where it was next level cold. I mean, you guys think it gets cold here. I mean, I complained about the winters growing up here in Cincinnati, but oh, yeah. Minnesota, next level cold. Oh, I was yeah. wearing a parka in June. I kid you not. So the weather was a bit much for me, and then um, I did Twins Live there, and then coming here to do Reds Live has just been, I don't know, a lot more fun just growing up here and having watched you when I was younger. Oh, and it's geez. I'm not trying to age you. I'm just trying to say I remember sitting at home and watching you on the air and just thinking, man, that guy's so cool. And oh, I want to be my. just Listen, like him growing up. You do not <laughs> have to butter up the host. You're already on the show. You don't have to butter. Just, just giving credit where credit's due. But no, Reds Live is going great. Working it with Sam is, you know, um, different every single day. His energy is off the charts at all times, but he's been great to work with. I think we're both kind of newer in the industry 
in working pre and post game shows. So it's been a learning experience here and there. But no, I mean, no complaints. Life is good and I'm happy. And once in a while, you got to work with that jerk Chris Welsh, too. So. <laughs> He's bringing all the stops <laughs> through one pregame show. We've had goggles, swim goggles on the air. And uh, he even handed me a rose from a kid in the stands. So wow. I'm getting gifts. What a gentleman. Right. What a gentleman right. Chris Welsh is. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, it's been awesome. All right, so is baseball obviously in your blood? Um, some people have to, you know, because broadcasting, you, you, you move around a lot and you mm-hmm. cover different. By the way, let me, let me go back to this uh, cold thing. You, I, I know all about this cold thing. I cover the NHL for eight years. So not only did I go to Minnesota, I went to basically the North Pole, which is <laughs> yeah. Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, which they call Winterpeg. That might have been the coldest place ever. But Edmonton in uh, January and February, balmy. Uh, so I know all about the different <laughs> I poles. can't say I've been there, but I have no desire <laughs> oh, to ever go gosh. there. It's like going to the North Pole. Yeah, I'm not a big winter person, and having to take my dog out and slather Vaseline on my face in order to protect myself <laughs> oh, from windburn. That's what I did. I kid you not. <laughs> I would go out in the morning have about a million layers on in snow pants, and I would put Vaseline on my face because my face got so windburnt. Couldn't go on the air with a chapped uh, face. <laughs> well, now you're down there in the paradise in Florida, which yeah. uh, I lived and loved, and it was really hard. I worked in Tampa right before I came back to Ohio to work here, and goodness gracious, 22 years later, I'm still here. I'm sorry, folks. Like They still put this on the air. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize again. Uh, but I love it down there. You like living down there? Oh, I love Tampa. I mean, yeah, we loved growing up here in Cincinnati. Like I said, uh, the winter, we just couldn't do anymore. Or I else I'd winter. probably I still. Hate yeah, I'd probably still be here because, I mean, I think Cincinnati's a great place. Yeah. Um, but do I like Tampa better because there is no winter? <laughs> yes. And it's just, it's grown so much since I first took a job there. I don't know, what is it, five years ago now? It seems like everyone's moving down there, and because everyone's moving down there, it's growing so much more. Restaurants, bars, whatever you want, they have it. So, yeah, I I do love living there. In the summers, obviously, it's blisteringly hot. I will not complain. So coming here to Cincinnati, it's been cooler, believe it or not. I know everyone's complaining about the heat this week. It's been, you know, in the 90s. But I'll be hot opposed to cold any day of the week. No question. No no doubt about it. Uh, I, I can't stand winter. I mean, I hate it. I hate it with yeah. a passion. I despise it. And uh, I'm going to end up being a snowbird one day. So Everyone's goals. I, I'm, on my, I'm on my way. As I get older, I'm, I'm going to be everything I used to make fun of. I'm on my way to that. <laughs> hey, I'm a snowbird for the most part, and I'm not even 30 yet. So commuting back and forth and everywhere. Oh, there you go. This uh, business has changed. There's so many more opportunities now for females in sports broadcasting. It's kind of a a double-edged sword, though, because the opportunities are great, particularly the last 10 years, five years especially. Um, Great, tremendous opportunities. But you guys got to put up with some BS, too, in the male-dominated world. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Most men are jerks. (laughs) So uh, it could be rough in that regard, could it not? Yeah, I mean... To be completely honest with you, I have been blessed. I don't have that many terrible stories. That's Um, good. That's good. So I will say that. But I feel like because there have been so many more opportunities for women over the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. it's gotten that much more competitive, especially, I would say, over the course of the last three years. That translating to, you know what, there's 10 jobs, 100 people applying for those 10 jobs, whereas, you know, five, 10 years ago, maybe there was 
maybe 20 people applying for those 10 jobs. Right. So I feel like it's gotten even more competitive. But I mean, yeah, I mean, have I dealt with a lot of jerks? Of course I have. Of yeah. course I have. And it's not always been the easiest of careers because I feel like sometimes in this industry, you're treated like you're disposable, right? Not like human beings at times. And so I feel like that's been a big challenge for oh, me to overcome. Throat. It's yeah. very cutthroat. It's yeah. kind of like, for people who know nothing about it, I compare it to, you know, like acting or modeling. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a certain look or voice or whatever it may be, you're out. Yeah. And I feel like that's been a big challenge. Yeah. So far. I mean, granted, I've been doing this, what, for seven years now, and I feel like it's gotten tougher and tougher each year, but... I'm here right now, have a job, thankful to have a job, and um, yeah, we'll just, we'll just keep climbing the ladder so I can be like you one day. Oh my God, <laughs> you'll probably be taking my job here soon, so. Oh, uh, no, no, The no, way no, they, no. Uh, you know, I'm just hanging on. People say, what are your goals? I'm like, stay employed. Like, everything else falls under that umbrella. I'm just, you know, I'm a middle-aged, dorky-looking <laughs> dude. And, That's always uh, the goal. I know, but they don't hire me anymore. Well, I mean, they Heck, really don't. They don't hire me anymore. So it's, it's been tough to get hired by anyone <laughs> in this day and age. But I get asked the same question. What are your goals? What's your dream job? And I'm like, I don't necessarily know because I've been in a place where I've worked every single day and have had yeah. no freedom whatsoever and no time with friends and family. And that's just part of getting to where you are in this job. But at the same time, I don't necessarily want to do that all the time. I don't right. want to not see my family all the time. So I don't necessarily have a dream job or or I don't have one particular goal. It's just kind of like being able to work, have fun, cover baseball, which is awesome, and then being able to actually see my husband and my siblings and hang out with my friends. That's that's kind of the goal. So I guess it's a work-life balance yeah, goal. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I, know, I never had the dream job. I'm probably one of the few people that never applied to ESPN. I had several friends that worked there. I uh -huh. could have probably gotten a job there in some capacity. No interest. I don't know. I just love Cincinnati, Ohio. I love the Reds. And even though it's small potatoes compared to other national jobs, I don't know. I just stayed here. I, I agree. Just, they kept hiring so. me and giving me different gigs. So why would you ever leave? <laughs> I think that's a big thing, too, from what I've I have a lot of friends in the industry, uh, female friends in the industry who are kind of at the same level, if you will, as I am. And it's kind of we're considering, you know, do we go national? But that's yeah. even more cutthroat than what we're doing oh, now. Man. It's very cutthroat and you are extremely busy to a point, you know, you can't see friends, family, things like mm -hmm. that. Or do we stay where we are, where life is good and live the dream and, you know, stay yeah. employed. That's kind of what I'm toying with. But I feel, I feel like everyone in this industry at one point or another toys with that idea what to do but I mean yeah I mean working here with Valley Sports Ohio has been great everyone is wonderful and treats you like a human being and is kind and I've been impressed by everyone that I've worked with how cool everyone is which Hold is on, rare everyone everyone wow I can't say this sitting no, <laughs> I beg to differ. No, but I mean, everyone's just so much fun to work with and it's having a good time. Granted, this season has been tough, especially in the beginning, but yeah, we're still making rough. TV. It was a little rough. It was a little rough. It was, uh, we'll just leave it at that. It was, it was, <laughs> a, little, it was a little rough. We were uh, finding other things to talk about. Let's take you down on the farm and talk about Ellie De La Cruz because he's really got 
Uh, Who's still having a great season, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. So, <laughs> so what are your um, aspirations? Are you going to start a family someday? I mean, the uh, yeah, that's hobbies on the uh, is a professional golfer. I mean, did we mention that he's? I mean, he's a professional. When I said yeah. he's a golfer, I, you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, so am I." Right, right. He's, so, dude's a professional golfer. Right. He's not on the PGA Tour. He's on the Corn Ferry Tour, mm-hmm. which, for all the baseball fans listening out there, is kind of the equivalent of AAA baseball. Right. So, if you finish a certain finish in a certain amount of points at the end of the year, then you make it up to the PGA Tour. So, we'll see how that goes. Uh, he's always traveling too. Uh, which is always fun. I mean, when I'm not here, I'm usually on the golf course with him with our 15-pound dog, who I named Corona, by the way, prior to the virus outbreak. So that was a great, just great timing by us. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, he actually is a pro golfer and is doing a great job. So yeah, I mean, a family in the future would be great. But I think right now we're just, we have the dog. We have our two nephews in Florida. We're both grinding it out at our mm-hmm. respective careers and we'll see where it goes yeah you caddied for him did you not <laughs> yeah, did i, I did. see that on social yeah, media i did you caddied for him? it was just a pro-am though so i only had to do okay. nine holes and oh, okay. it was a lighter bag because you know during these tournaments they All have the bags huge. that weigh oh my gosh yeah. close to i mean probably 67 yeah it's pounds. like rodney dangerfield and caddyshack that's before your time but <laughs> i've uh, seen that movie yeah <laughs> but yeah and i said i was not going to do that so i caddied with a lighter bag for nine holes that was fine. I've done that for my dad, actually. Your before, dad's once or twice. a really good golfer. He is, and he's getting back into it uh, as he is officially retired now. He golfs every day down in Florida and is looking forward to golfing with my husband eventually. But, yeah, caddy profession, not for me. Can I do it? Yes. If someone wants to pay me to do it, of course I'll carry your bag for 18 holes. <laughs> now, was he? were you giving him yardage and all that? Or oh, no, 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 He no, was no. doing his own yardage? He was doing that. I just, I know the different clubs, so I can give him whatever club he needs. But yardage and stuff, no, that is not my forte. I leave it to the professionals. I will just walk 18 holes, most likely have a cocktail or a cold beer, and cheer him on. Very, very nice. What's the cocktail drink of choice? On the golf course, it's usually lighter. Like, I don't know, like a vodka crayon or vodka lemonade just to keep it light. Very nice. Not a dark beer. I mean, beer's too heavy. Post-round, we usually have a couple beers. There's a Corn Ferry Tour truck at the end of every round. They drive it to each tournament, and inside it's super cool. They collect all these stickers from all the cities they've been to and and different uh, professional football teams they visited, colleges. But there's always a cold beer. Uh cold beer cooler in the corn ferry tour truck so we do help ourselves post round what a country this is right that's just beautiful (laughs) that's americana at its best and that's what we love yes no no question and baseball americana as well and being the daughter of chris sabo we're going to talk all about it we'll do that after this it's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. Life can throw a lot at us, but through all the ups and downs, your financial future will be ever gentle on your mind with Western and Southern. From life insurance to investments, our one-on-one guidance is customized for your needs today and in the future. Western and Southern, life insurance, retirement, and investments. Visit westernsouthern.com slash rest assured to get started today. Ever smiling, never gentle on my mind. Jim Day here. I've teamed up with Swift to bring you the sounds of summer. And the sounds of summer. With the freshest selection of cuts from ribeyes to chops. 
Swift keeps this going all season long. Baseball and grilling. Ask for Swift Meats at your local grocer. Good food, good moments. One great meal. Come together with Swift. All right, we're back with Sabo. <laughs> we're, we're tight like that now. <laughs> I, can, I can just call you Sabo. You can always Sabes. call me that. Sabes. Spuds People did call me that. Spuds at. Little Spuds. I like little Spuds. All right. Your dad. I love your dad, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. We do too. But unusual character. <laughs> I, I, that's, you know, that's, he, he would probably say the same thing. He's very unique, and did that trans transcend to being a unique dad? You know what? In some ways, yes. In other ways, no. I mean, I think my dad still has some of the best one-liners of all time. Can I think of one right now? No, but it's just, you know, when you're in a casual conversation with him, and if, and if you say something, his one-liner back is just unbelievable because it often leaves people... Not knowing how to respond or what to say to him. So that's always funny because, I mean, we grew up with it, so we're used to it. But right. when other people meet our dad for the first time, it's usually uh, quite comical. I think my sister's boyfriend's going to meet my dad for the first time coming up. And, oh, my gosh, we're getting the popcorn ready. It is going to be electric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so many unique stories. Uh, I mean, growing up, I grew up with two younger sisters. So there were three girls in the household. If someone started crying, my dad immediately out of the house, gone. Just left? Just left. Couldn't could not, handle the crying? Could not handle it. Granted, my mom is a, is a champion and, and she handled it. But when it comes to crying tears, dad always gone. Um, but no, he was a great father. Inspired my career. Really? Now, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, you know, obviously, if you're not going to be involved in sports, as far as playing mm -hmm. or playing professionally, um, sports broadcasting is an arm of that. So he inspired, he, like you at a young age, yeah. you weren't kidding. You wanted to be a sports broadcaster? <sighs> kind of. So when I was really young, though, I loved Mia Hamm, the soccer player, and I really, truly thought, I was going to be a pro soccer player. That was the goal. That's what I wanted to do forever. Then as I progressed in my career, got too many concussions in soccer and then kind of transitioned to tennis, which I still love dearly to this day. Um, didn't really know what I was going to do around 10 or 11 years old. Of course, in my family, everything's so planned out and perfectionism is kind of a trait that runs, that runs in our household. So I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And we were sitting on the couch one day watching in a Bengals game. Who they were playing, I have no idea. But Aaron Andrews came on screen and doing the sideline reporting thing. And my dad was like, so casually, so uh, nonchalantly, hey, Annie, why don't you do that? And I was like. He just threw that out there? Just, just Yeah. And I never really thought about that. And I was like, okay. And that was it. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I always wanted to grow up and be a sports reporter wow. or, or on TV. It was just kind of sitting on the couch one day in Cincinnati my dad saying, yeah, why don't you give that a go? And I said, all righty then, let's do it. And then, you know, my dreams kind of took off from there. We didn't have any programs for sports broadcasting in high school. I went to Ursuline Academy. I know high schools are huge in Cincinnati, so that's where I went in Blue Ash. We didn't have that when I went to school, but I went to Michigan and did you the whole broadcasting. I, I know, I went to Michigan. 
My sister went to Ohio State. Not allowed to say that word on this podcast. (laughs) I know. I know. It's a school up north. Okay, fair enough. The school up north, which I loved, by the way, (laughs) and uh, got my reps. Like father, like daughter. Exactly. He went there and grew up going to Michigan games. So the dream school for me barely got in. Don't know how I got in, Um, but worked really hard in high school. Because they looked this at Sabo. Sabo. Let's see. Is she related to? Chris? Oh, I don't know about that. Everyone Chris was a genius there, and I was, <laughs> I was hanging on by a thread in those classes. But no, it was a great experience. But yeah, I mean, never, never really dreamed of being a sports broadcaster very young. But then, come uh, ten, eleven years old, sitting on the couch, dad say do that, and I said okay, sounds good. And then it turns out I'm somewhat decent at it still employed so hey yeah you're climbing the ladder as you said now I'm looking, there you go. I'm looking up your dad's stats uh-huh 898 hits one haircut <laughs> <laughs> he still has it he turned 60 this year i have never known my dad <laughs> to have any other haircut although in our house now in florida we have this vintage photo of him playing for michigan he has like the most magnificent bowl cut you could ever imagine. Really? Maybe we'll have to circulate that. Like a that. Pete Rose bowl cut type? Yes. Oh it was Lord. long hair, and my mom didn't know my dad back then, but we still have a photo of it. So he did at one point in his Why life. Why is this photo not public? I don't know. Maybe I should ask him about that. But yes, he hey, did he have might, long hair. Might have to ask permission on that one. Here. Yeah. I think he'll think it's funny. He won't care. <laughs> he doesn't do social media, so if I asked him to do something, he'd be like, yeah. Why not? Throw it out there. Could you imagine him on social media? No, absolutely not. Would people drive him crazy? Yes, and I honestly don't even think he'd know how to work it. I mean, my mom just learned Instagram within the last year just to follow my sisters and I. Doesn't know how to do anything else on it. But they don't do Twitter. Um, My mom's the only one who has an Instagram. I think my siblings tried to make my dad an Instagram once, and that lasted for maybe... 24 hours and he was like the heck with this this is the dumbest thing ever i'm out so yeah their social media lists parents they do watch the broadcasts on valley sports ohio they like watching that but i mean social media they're not into it and thank god because i don't think my dad would be very good at it (laughs) what is your dad like at the dinner table (laughs) that is a great question it depends he actually is a very good cook growing up he's the cook in the family Really? Yeah, I am not a good cook. That was my next question. I'm not a good cook. Neither is my mom. My dad is actually a fabulous cook, and he loves to cook for us all the time, especially for holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas. We always hosted those events, and he would make the most delicious meals every single time. He still does it to this day. Whenever we go home to Florida, he'll cook for... my siblings, my husband and I, and it's always a great meal. He does a great beef tenderloin at Christmas time. It's unbelievable. He's the cook in the family, so he's usually pretty chatty at dinner. But I mean, <laughs> he was so outnumbered when we were younger. It's me who's super chatty, then my sister Brooke, who is also very chatty, and then Olivia, the youngest, is the most quiet, but she's still, I mean, at, at the dinner table, everyone's going a million miles per hour talking about things. So my dad's more quiet at the dinner table, although if he has a funny story, he'll bring it in, but he's more, I'm making the food, it's gonna be great, and then we compliment my dad on how great his food is because it, it truly is delicious. He's a great well, cook. He was so intense as a player and so locked in. I can imagine him being that cooking. Like he just totally 
locked in and a complete perfectionist. Oh, yeah. This past Christmas, we had about 20 people over, and it was the first Christmas I got married this past December, early December. It was the first Christmas we had with oh, both you're families. Still a newlywed. Yeah, yeah. And he was so excited to cook for everyone. And the beef tenderloin was a 10 out of 10, but he still thinks he overcooked it. He was. <laughs> He apologizes for it, not apologizes, but still talks about it to this day. I'm going to get Christmas 2023 or this upcoming Christmas. He's like, the beef tenderloin is going to be even better. Come on. He's I, still fretting I, over it? Yes. That sounds so Chris Sabo. And it was so good. Everyone was complimenting him how great the beef tenderloin was and how all the sides were. And he thought it wasn't cooked enough. I'm sure there are bats that he still frets over to this oh, day I, in his oh, career. Oh, I'm sure. That he I'm can't sure. believe he didn't get a hit off of such and such pitcher or made an error in this situation or whatever. He frets over the beef tenderloin yeah, at Christmas. the beef tenderloin. And it was lovely. so good. We <laughs> ate it for days, and we were like, what are you talking about? This was delicious. And everyone, but this upcoming Christmas, it's all he's been talking about, how it has to be even better than the last Christmas, the oh beef tenderloin. Gosh. We're like... All right. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what to say because it was perfect before. But, yeah, he takes his cooking very seriously, takes his golf game very seriously. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Comes home from a golf round. If he played well, great mood. If he played poorly, watch out. Now, have you ever golfed with him? No. Have you been um, on the course with him? I've been on the course now, with I'm him, I'm wondering yes. how many clubs he throws. <laughs> you know what? He's actually very, for how intense that he is, He's very calm on the golf course, believe really? it or not. Just when he comes home, you can just, wherever his mood is, that's how you gauge how good the golf round was. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But he hasn't changed a bit. I love that. No, he is the same, and he's been the same my entire life. I don't foresee him changing ever, <laughs> but he keeps it together pretty well on, on the golf course. I think the only thing I think that he wishes he could still do is run and play we love pickleball playing tennis he can't really do that anymore that's the only thing I, I feel like he would really love to do but I mean the golf game is good at age 60 currently he's meeting new friends down in Florida and 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 playing with uh Chris Sabo the socialite <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far <laughs> but he comes home the other day and my mom and I were sitting at the dinner table and he said that he was playing the club pro at whatever country club down in florida and he beat the club pro so that was a huge Ooh, that made the whole week yes that made the whole week and so yeah he still is a great golfer but still extremely competitive and intense and nothing's changed wow granted i'm very similar to my dad i am very intense and really i am you don't seem like it i don't seem like it are you just putting on it because you're still in the honeymoon phase of this job? Are we gonna <laughs> Maybe. see? Are we gonna see some beast next year? Like all of a sudden, wow, Annie changed. No, 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 no. I just think I am quietly intense. Sports-wise, I'm very competitive. Yeah. Um, my husband and I play pickleball consistently. If he beats me, I don't speak for at least an hour, and I need a little, <laughs> little reprieve. On our honeymoon, we played tennis one day. We were in Asheville, North Carolina, and he was like, let's go get some exercise and play tennis. And I was like, okay. My husband is also very good at everything that he tries. And I'm like, you can't let me win in one thing. And so we're playing tennis, and he beat me. And I was, I don't know why that day. I was so mad. I don't know. I don't know why. But I didn't speak. You can ask him about this whenever he does come to Cincinnati. I did not speak for an hour because I had to cool off. <laughs> At a casual wow. tennis game. You are spuds at that. I, I am. <laughs> Not on TV as much, but 
in my personal life and competitive things. I'm very competitive with myself as well. I think you need to uh, show this side of you to Sam LeCure and just go off on Sam. I feel like I've said things a couple times. <laughs> really? Because yeah. he's, you know, he's one that can, uh, he, he dishes it out a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed. He, he will, does. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've, I've come back with a few one-liners oh, here man. and there. I've been the, at the brunt of that for many, many years. He just comes right at me. Yeah. Oh, I think he's come at me a couple times too. <laughs> there was one thing, the funniest story on the air, that we were, we were playing some graphic or something and it was a preview of the Reds All Access show. And it said, Kyle Farmer and Granny. For some reason, I don't know why or what was going through my head. I thought Granny was like a nickname for someone. Like, I don't know why Curtis Granderson just came into my into my head. But I thought it was a nickname for something. And I was like, <laughs> very seriously, who's Granny? And Sam was like, you don't know who Granny is? And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, it's his grandma. And I was like, well, I thought it was like some nickname for someone. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the funny. obvious answer, but I'm thinking like, okay, this has to be like a cooler story than what it really is. It's it's Curtis Granderson or some some guy with a last name that, that they call him Granny. I don't know. And that's what I thought. So that was, that, so sometimes at, in the middle of shows, he'll be like, okay, Granny, because that's the, that's the joke of, of the season so far. I didn't know who Granny was. Well, you're going to get the wrath <laughs> of Granny now because Granny ch checks in with me often. Oh, wow. Kyle's, oh, yeah. There's, I got a, I'm a few text messages behind. She's going to rip me here. <laughs> oh, yeah. We exchanged the digits there and she just is not. So she's like the biggest <laughs> fan ever and she is just a southern jewel and a, she's a piece of work. I can't wait to meet her one day. She, oh, she's a piece of work. Get, get ready. Sort of, uh, Sort of like meeting your dad in some way. Yeah, it's always... It's always... Uh, for new people especially, it's it's entertaining for us. Yeah. Because they don't know, like I said, how to respond or if he's joking <laughs> or if he's not joking. Should I laugh? Yeah. Should I not laugh? I'm not really sure. <laughs> and then my sisters and I are just chuckling in the background because we know how he is. And it's more times than not a total joke. But he says it so seriously, you're just you're just not sure what to do. Wow. Well, let's talk more about the sense of humor of one Chris Sabo. <laughs> it actually is very great. It, he has great stories and really funny stories. Um, some that I probably couldn't say on the podcast about his baseball career. But um, I feel like there's always a new story every yeah. single day, and it's entertaining. Well, he's known as many things, but I'm not. A lot of people probably don't know or didn't know. That he's Chris Sabo, girl dad. He is. Hashtag girl dad. Yeah, myself, two younger sisters. And at one point we did have a female dog, Sophie Sabo. If you ask my dad, he'll say, she's dead now. Like, he, I mean, we begged him for this dog forever. And then he finally agreed to let us have this dog. And now, you know, he still mourns the loss of one Sophie Sabo, who was the greatest dog ever. But... Loved that dog. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, so he's got a soft side. Loves all dogs. He is a big dog person. That's his That's his soft spot. Any dog. And dogs love my dad. There's not one dog on this planet who does not love my dad, believe it or not. Oh, I, I could completely see that. Now, does Chris Sable, did he change diapers? That question we'll ask right <laughs> after this. Sabo is still laughing over here because of the thought of, does Chris Sabo 
change diapers. So what was it? Was he was he that type of dad or was that mom too? Or was that you said earlier that yeah. when someone was crying, he would leave the house. So when someone went number two, was he out the door? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I don't necessarily know the answer to that question, but based on what I know about my childhood, my answer is that he did help my mom whenever he was wow. home. I mean, granted, during my dad's career, I was for the most part, the only sibling alive during the early days mm-hmm. or post 90 World Series. I was born 92, so my mom took me everywhere to home series, road series. I lived on the road. I developed a love for ballpark food. That's my favorite food group, easily. Come on, really? Yeah, Just seriously. because of the childhood and I don't know. Around? You know, I, I, I attribute my love of stadium food to maybe growing up on it because my mom to keep me quiet would give me hot dogs soft pretzels and popcorn is that your go-to hot getting a a dog i love i love a good hot dog i love skyline i love soft pretzels popcorn peanuts you name it i will eat it yeah now when i lived in tampa i had to i don't know if it's still down there but they had a skyline in clearwater i think oh yeah they still do is it still there yeah and my parents live in lakewood ranch which is sarasota area currently there's one there too they're popping up everywhere really because i used to go the one in clearwater all Uh the time people like what are you going clear there for i'm like get skyline oh my gosh yeah so yeah there's one in lakewood ranch too now which is which is great news for us whenever we visit mom and dad go through the skyline drive-thru get my cheese conies and i'm a happy camper well how so you have memories of your dad playing um, or is it, were you too young? I, no, I was too young. I don't have memories of him actually playing on the baseball field. Mm-hmm. However, I do remember going to, I believe, it was Riverfront prior to Great American. Yeah. Yeah. I always get that mixed up in my head. Mental block there. But I remember my mom dropping me off. It was like, it wasn't a kid's camp, but it was an area where players could drop off their kids the moms could go watch the game and have fun with each other and we kind of had like babysitters in a playroom kind of thing i do remember going there before home games and having a blast because they fed us doritos and we got to color and play with blocks <laughs> and i would always befriend whoever had the food if there was right. doritos or anything i'm your friend for the day i do remember that and i remember different cities that we lived in uh st louis i don't remember baltimore as much and i don't remember chicago but um i do remember that playroom so whoever built that playroom i loved it oh and i do remember when marge shot was here in cincinnati my parents taking me up to her office with the huge dogs oh yeah petting the dogs and she gave me a Barbie, a brand new Barbie. And I thought it was the greatest day of my life. That's a memory that I so vividly remember because I was just so happy. But I don't remember my dad's actual mm-hmm. playing days or watching right. my dad play, unfortunately. Well, that's all right. How many times growing up in Cincinnati, though, his speech after they won in 1990 <laughs> was an unbelievable thing. And is that brought up over the years? It's brought up a lot. I think that's one of the biggest compliments that he gets. I mean, growing up, my dad would take me to Bengals games, and they would say, we got the ring, we got the money, Spuds, great speech. <laughs> and um, No one ever gave us a chance, and we made it in the right? And, and, and we got the ring, we got the money, we got everything. Thank you. <laughs> well, that was like so that. good. That was so good, <laughs> yes. And my mom has showed us that video 
countless times and we think it's just so funny because my dad looks so young and we always like to make fun of my mom we don't know why but sometimes she's she can't remember everything or she's clumsy or we'll we'll say a story completely wrong about my dad's playing career my dad will be like what do you mean? That's not right. And so we just imagine my dad saying the speech and my mom's in the crowd. And we just like, just imagine my mom going crazy. I don't know why that's so humorous to my siblings that I, but it yeah. just is. My mom's a great mom. And she, my mom, and my dad work perfectly together. My mom's very social and outgoing. And my dad, you know, is not very social and outgoing, just very reserved mm-hmm. and, and, and to himself. But yeah, the speech is, it's brought up a lot. We've seen it so many times and it's funny every single time. It is. It never gets old. No, it doesn't. And, One of the great moments. And I will say, I know that speech was rather short, but my dad is not very good one-on-one. Like if he were to sit down and do this interview, it would not be great. Yeah. But his speech making abilities to large crowds, wonderful. He's so good at that. Really? Yeah. And I don't know why. Really? Yeah. I don't yeah. Think one I've on heard one. One on one, not good. But I mean, like, if he goes to colleges and talks about baseball or whatever it may be, he's wonderful at that. Wow. Wonderful. Wow. I don't think I would be good at that. I I love my job, but I don't think I'd be very good at giving a speech to hundreds of people. I don't know. Do you think is that a strength of yours? Um. I don't know if I have any strengths, really, but... <laughs> you have so many. You've been employed for 22 years. Uh, it's longer than that. I used to work in local news before that. And, uh, yeah, no, I'll speak... I, I guess so. I mean, I've done... I've spoken to, to large crowds, and I've hosted things on the field here, which are in front of sold-out crowds. Um, I don't know if it's a strength, necessarily, but... Or do you uh, enjoy that? Um really depends on the event. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. I just is. feel like, right, it, it depends on the event. But, I mean, I can be on live TV, but I feel like I wouldn't necessarily be jumping up at the opportunity to yeah. make a speech to thousands. I yeah. don't know. I just try to be myself, which is dorky and just kind of roll That's with it. the key to everything in life, in this <laughs> career. To be dorky or to be yourself? To be yourself, <laughs> however you may be. <laughs> well, I'm in the nerd club. I'm very <laughs> self-aware, so I just uh, roll on with it. So our, who was the – was your dad the disciplinarian or was it your mom? Um, A little bit of both. Um, If we got in really big trouble, my mom would make us go to our room or something of that nature. And then when my dad got home, it was like that was the big punishment to determine – how long we'd be missing something or how long we wouldn't be able to go out, go see our friends or, or whatever. So it was just kind of like waiting until dad got home and everyone was just like shaking. Like, really? Oh no, what's Uh-oh. dad going to say? Oh boy. <laughs> so it was, it was a little bit of both. I mean, we were, di- I mean, I would like to say my parents were, were strict in the most part of raising us, but not like normal things like for example if I, if we went to an event and i didn't speak to everyone in the room as a 10 year old my parents would be like what are you doing and i'm like i don't know i'm 10. i have to speak to everyone in the room what but at the same time i'm thankful for that because yeah. if it were for them i probably wouldn't be the same person i am today and doing what i do could you imagine your dad having a son I don't know. We talk about this sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if they'd be able to survive. <laughs> because, I mean, even my dad watching our tennis matches, he would 
be behind a bush or like behind a tree. Really? Because he'd get so nervous and be so into the tennis matches. And I remember one time I, we were watching one of my sisters play tennis and their opponents went up to my sister, Brooke, and was like, who's that weird guy like hiding behind the bush? And Brooke goes, oh yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> and so I, I think because He's just so competitive in everything that he does and wants us to do so well in, in whatever we want to do in life. Sports were a little tough on him just because he was so into our tennis matches specifically. Um, having a son, yeah, I, I don't know how that would have gone because he never pushed us into softball. That's a question mm-hmm. I get asked all the time. Did you play softball? No, I didn't. Did your dad tell you to play softball? No. He was like, whatever you want to do, I don't care. Do it. Right. Um, but yeah, never never played softball, but I don't think my dad would have pushed a son into baseball if he didn't want to do it. Right. But if he were to choose baseball, I feel like that would have been them two butting heads a lot. Yeah. No, I could totally see that. Yeah. yeah. Probably better these girl dad. Yeah. Because we, we played sports. We grew up playing sports. Sounds now like you guys doing... have a wonderful family, so. We do. I was uh I just think back in the day, if we would have had a reality show growing up, it would have been hysterical. <laughs> because you see the, the Terry Bradshaw reality show in this day and age, and I find it hilarious. But I'm like, that could have been us way back in the day. You know what? That is a great idea. You could probably still do it. I mean, he's a, still a, an un, unusual guy. And mm-hmm. now society is so different and like... You know, set up a day where, okay, all right, Dad, we're going to do social media today. That could be a whole episode right Oh, my there. gosh. that would be, It's so funny. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, there's so many things that go on in our household every single day that are just so funny. My sisters and I laugh constantly and make for great television. Would my parents sign up for that or be okay with that? Probably not. And my yeah. sisters would probably be like, I don't want to do it. But I still think it'd be great content for anyone who wanted to tune in. Yeah. Wow. Or sending him to get a different hairdo. That'd be, that see, would be a whole nother episode. Trying some wigs. <laughs> <laughs> Grow his hair out. Yeah. Yeah. Like really long. And oh, like a man. mullet. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. He's a product of the 80s. I'm surprised he didn't have the mullet. He had the, the complete bowl cut. Yeah. By the way, like you have to bring this hair. This picture out. I'll have to when I go home to Florida. This for the has next to time. happen. That this I need to see this picture. I will send it to you personally. And, yeah, we but I need permission from him to air it. Oh, he wouldn't care. <laughs> because in my life, it doesn't really happen unless I put it on TV. That's oh, fair. Okay. <laughs> doesn't exist. Exactly. There is no privacy in this career. <laughs> what is privacy anymore? Exactly. Well, these <laughs> pictures of other people, like people try to get pictures of me. I'm like, not a chance. Yeah. No way. No, they're trying to do a segment on me with facial hair during the shutdown of COVID. I'm like, no way. I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm not that sharing That was going to be those. a segment? The facial hair Yeah, growth? Sadak's trying to do a segment because I took these. I grew out. You know, it took me forever. But I grew out a beard. Uh-huh. And then when I got rid of it, I creatively, like, shaved it down to a goatee. And then I did, like, the Fu Manchu. And then I had, like, a soul patch. And then I had just the stash. So I took pictures of each stage, and they are awful. It was like a metamorphosis of facial hair. I need to go uh, look this up now in all my spare time. Yeah, no, that's why. See, you can't because I have not released these to the world. I don't want someone to click on it and say, ah, there, you know. 
there'll be so many clicks because they're so bad that that'll be the first thing that shows up. You'll Google my name and all of a sudden this mustache pic shows up. It'd be terrible. Granted, that was the biggest thing during quarantine, I feel like. How weird you could make your facial hair oh, look yeah. as a as a man. Yeah. Fortunately I don't suffer from that. Um so I couldn't participate. It took me but. forever. <laughs> uh, it took forever to do the facial hair thing. <laughs> but yes, I will uh go home, get that photo for you and Yes. And we can air it with the Chris Sabo haircut that is a little bit different. So he would have been yes. oh, 21, 22? Pick some anniversary, his birthday or something. When's his birthday? You... January. Ah, oh, so that's I know. season. I do believe he's coming here in September for something. Really? Reds related. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But maybe it could be used in September. There we go. Something to keep the viewers just got, hanging on. Got to set these goals. Well, this has been a wonderful visit. It is, I got to turn you loose because you've got to actually do some work. She'd I do. She'd be hosting Reds Live down there with uh, the crazies where I used to be <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so you got to prepare for that you got to put up with Chris Welsh tonight which is a task amongst itself you should get time and a half for that um, yeah the crazies I wouldn't call them crazies they just have so much energy that oh, yeah. sometimes I wish I had at all hours of the day yeah I'm a high energy person but the people around the set next level yeah and I want that for oh, myself yeah. at oh, all yeah. times. Why well, I, I hosted it for so many years that I would go home and I would hear this in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> took him like they put up the drink rail, took him like two innings and realized we can beat on this thing. You wake up in cold sweats. Yeah, I'd be like waking up like ah. <laughs> so anytime someone beats on something, I'm like stop. But I quite good. enjoy it. I it's all good. It. The energy of Reds. Red's country, and it's still alive and well, and you are very much a part of it now. Oh, Say, Bo. thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It's a great podcast. Yeah. Tune in all the time. Oh, some people do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now I'm going to call you Sabo from here on out because we are tight like that now. Yeah, yeah. by all means. All That's right. my nickname. You can check her out, Red's Live, pre and post. Uh, along with Brian Giesenslaw along the way, uh, the curmudgeon Sam Lecure, the jerk crit. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> folks. People are probably going to take me seriously. We all get no along. No one's a jerk. Everyone's yes. cool. Love take those it from guys. Me. Love those guys. Not that Lecure would listen to this, anyways. Certainly not Wes. I highly doubt it, but if he's listening, <laughs> we love you, Sam. We love you, both of you, Sam and Chris, most of the time. <laughs> She is Annie Sabo, and she just made her Gym Day podcast debut. My life is now fulfilled. My life, I can check it off the bucket list. Man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we will have you back in the future, my friend. Sounds good. All right, thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Again, spread the word, subscribe, and review. And we will see you next time here on the Gym Day podcast. Baseball prison.